0: Welcome to episode 194 of SwiftCast. This is Ashley, Nate,
1: Steph,
2: and Adam.
0: We have a great episode coming up for you guys. March Madness has been going on for the past couple of weeks. It just ended on Monday. And so to go along with that, we did a really fun song bracket on Twitter, voting for some of our favorite underrated Taylor songs, which we're going to be getting into a little bit later in the episode. But to kick us off, I think Nate has a trivia question.
3: Oh, yes. My favorite segment, uh, at least lately, has been trivia. Well,
0: that's only because we got rid of your favorite fashion segment.
3: Uh, We didn't get rid of it, uh, per se. It is still around. Taylor just hasn't been seen, though.
0: She's been in hiding. I know. It's like, what the heck?
2: Exactly. How can you have a fashion segment if she's been MIA for so long?
0: We can say what we think she's wearing around her house.
3: (laughs) I think it's cat pajamas. (laughs) So my trivia question for you this week uh, kind of goes along with since we're talking about underrated songs on this episode. And for our listeners who have never heard our trivia segment before, me asking this trivia question to the other hosts here, they have never heard this question before. So they are totally firing just, you know, from the hip. So without further ado, my trivia question for you this week is what is the very first music video that Taylor ever added to her YouTube channel?
0: That's a really hard question.
3: Anybody? Anybody?
1: Yeah, I feel like this is a trick question. Wasn't YouTube around when Tim McGraw was a music video?
2: I feel like it wasn't quite around yet, because I remember like Tim McGraw and Teardrops watching those on Yahoo Music, I think.
1: Oh, Yahoo, not MySpace.
2: Maybe they were on MySpace, too. They very well could have been, but I think... YouTube came around more around 2007 or 2008.
1: Wow, it feels like it's been around forever. Well, I'm trying to remember what I watched on probably MySpace. That's where I first started following Taylor.
0: I guess I'm just
1: going to take a shot in the dark and say our song was the first video on her actual YouTube channel.
3: Okay.
0: And I'm going to say Picture to Burn. Picture to Burn. Okay.
3: Adam, what do you think?
2: I will go with Love Story.
3: Okay, so it was kind of a trick question. You did get it right that YouTube didn't come out, or at least come into Taylor's life until around uh, 2008. Actually, specifically June 26th, 2008, and the music video in question isn't a formal music video, but it was the official music video for this song. The song in, uh, that I'm referring to here is Should Have Said No.
2: Oh. Okay.
3: And so if you guys remember, uh, this video that she added was actually her performance from the 2008 CMAs. Uh, If you guys remember.
1: One of my favorite videos or performances. Oh, yeah. Wow. That was amazing.
2: Was that where she introduced the waterfall? The rain?
1: Oh, yes. Yep. She starts off in this hoodie and just looks like kind of a slob, (laughs) to be blunt. (laughs) And then she just rips it off. It was so great.
0: And that was, I feel like, starting the trend of her many, many on-stage costume changes that she now loves.
1: Yeah. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. I feel like YouTube has been around forever.
0: It's hard to remember a time when you couldn't just go on there and look up any video. Yeah. You know the really
3: interesting thing I found about this video? Of course, Taylor's YouTube channel is massively popular, but this video It only has 4.8 million views. Not billion, million. That's it.
1: And that is really one of her best performances. She really stepped it up on that one.
3: Isn't that crazy? Now that we're into talking about 2 billion views for Blank Space, I mean, 4.8 million is just nothing.
1: Everybody should go watch that video. I'm going to go watch it after this. But if for some reason you can't go watch it, we have... A little clip just to give you a taste of that very first video that Taylor had on her YouTube channel.
0: moving right along we have some classic tumblr posts from taylor from april 2015 so
3: on april 4th 2015 a fan posted a video with the caption taylor swift in all caps you need to see my gran rocking out to out of the woods and taylor said great i'm at rehearsals and we're about to do that one i will obviously be singing it with that accent this time and maybe every time
0: And if you want to see some of Taylor's old posts and the videos like this one, there's actually an archive. If you go to taylorswift.tumblr.com, you can go to the month and the year and see any of these posts that we're talking about, which is pretty cool that they have it like that.
1: Isn't it so funny to think that at this point in time, we had no idea what the Out of the Woods performance would actually be and how amazing it was?
0: Yeah, I think we had so many... Predictions and hopes for it, including my hope that Jack Antonoff would show up and sing it on tour. But I don't know. I don't think we could have ever imagined the outfit, the bridge, the airplanes, just everything.
1: Yeah, it's one I'll definitely miss. Our next one is from the following day on April fifth of two thousand fifteen, and Taylor posted a photo with the caption, "When you're twenty-five and your mom is still like dot dot dot," and the photo is a bag with some goodies in it and the front of it says to taylor love the easter bunny so easter was a little bit earlier in 2015
0: i wonder what they're gonna do for easter this year i bet andrea is still gonna give her a similar gift bag again
1: probably but we may never know we still don't know what she even did for her birthday
0: and i think the thing that i'm missing the most all this time is that as all these seasons and these holidays go by we don't get to see what she's cooking and baking.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I miss the baking recipes, photos.
0: Maybe one day there will be a cookbook with all these recipes she's been saving up for us.
1: We've talked about that before. I think it's a great idea. Maybe not right now, but someday in the future.
3: I don't cook or bake, and I would buy that book.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Our next couple of posts are from the same day, which was Easter, I believe, in 2015. And the first one... Was an Instagram video that Taylor captioned, When your parents arrange a competitive sibling Easter egg hunt, failing to take into account that their children are Ross and Monica. And she's referring to Ross and Monica from Friends. And in the video, Taylor and Austin are holding on to each other, trying to get away to grab the Easter eggs. And Taylor is smacking Austin with her bag. It's pretty funny.
1: That was a hilarious video.
2: And then she also posted another one, and the caption on that one said, I've got like a hundred. Good luck. And it showed her scrambling around trying to grab as many Easter eggs as possible.
3: Where were these videos? Do you guys know? I always thought they were in Nashville.
0: I assume they were at her mom's house in Nashville. I feel like usually when they've celebrated holidays all together as a family, they've been at the house in Nashville.
1: Yeah, that's what I think.
0: So jumping ahead a year to April 1st of 2016, a year ago, and this was on April Fool's Day, so it was pretty funny for all of us. Taylor surprised us when she tweeted, based on true events, hashtag Taylor versus treadmill. And this was the very first Apple Music commercial.
1: I remember when she tweeted the link, and I thought it was a joke. I was really confused because remember that tweet that Taylor did? I think it was in 2015 when she said trust no one today and then she put that she was locking herself in a kitchen cabinet because it was (laughs) April Fool's Day and I'm like that so I try to not fall for anything even though sometimes I do on April Fool's Day so when I saw she tweeted this I was like wait a second this has to be some sort of joke what's going on
0: I think maybe that was kind of the point to have people talking about it and wondering what it was
1: yeah it was really smart
0: and then, of course, this ended up being only the first one in a series of commercials.
1: Do you all have a favorite out of those commercials?
3: Hands down, Jimmy Eat World. I'm going to take it before anyone else.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he came on our show on episode 154 to talk all about it, which was such a cool experience and so great of him to do. So, of course, that has to be our favorite commercial.
3: Jim Adkins is such a down-to-earth guy.
1: Yeah, he was great to talk to. I did think all the commercials were really well done, and I, I always thought there were going to be more. I still think that in the future there will be, but they kind of just stopped after the first three.
0: I think there will be more in the future. I definitely do. And
3: finally, our last post for the week comes from April 6th, 2016. And Taylor's post was The best people in life are free. Hashtag new And of course, this is when she premiered the video for uh, New Romantics.
0: The tour video, yeah.
3: I'm so glad we actually got a tour video from 1989, other than, of course, from Apple Music.
1: Yeah, I was kind of worried that maybe she wouldn't do it for 1989.
3: Yeah, I thought she'd break tradition.
1: Yeah, so I was glad, too.
0: And when this video came out, wasn't it originally only available to watch on Apple Music?
1: Right, it was. And I think people were upset, probably including me, because... (laughs) By the time it came out, I think my three months had expired that I got to watch 1989 live. But eventually they put it on Taylor's Vivo channel, so you can still watch it there.
0: Well, now we're going to move right into some of our squad tweets to see what's going on in the world of Taylor's friends this
1: week. And our first tweet is from Bleachers, which of course is Jack Antonoff and he just released a new song called Don't Take the Money. And he linked to it. I listened to the song. I like it. It's pretty catchy, I think.
0: And it also features some backing vocals from Lord, who we know he's been working closely with on her album. So it's just exciting all around.
2: Yeah, it is a really good song. I think it should do well on the radio. I feel like it's uh, the type of pop hit that you would hear on popular radio stations. And Jack, sent out a couple tweets about it when the song was released. He said that he wrote this song with Ella, meaning Lord, very late one night in the studio. Then he took it home and worked on it for a year, twisting it around and making it feel like the darkness of an amazing love and the ability to constantly come back and to yell, don't take the money at each other.
0: And if you go on his Instagram, he has a post where he writes pretty much a long essay all about the song and what it means to him personally, and just the process of working on this new music. So if you are a fan, I would suggest following him on Instagram.
2: And Ashley, you told me something about a fun scavenger hunt type thing that he did for copies of the song.
0: He did. So fans of Bleachers have been very anxiously awaiting new music for a long time. And so basically what he did was just tweeted some clues to where fans could go in New York to try and find the song. And he put a piñata of himself in the park. And when fans found it, they were told to smash the piñata. And then inside it, it had a USB with the very first copy of the song.
1: Wow, that's so cool.
3: Oh, that's amazing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, very unique.
0: And I think he just announced some tour dates. So if you like the song, go check it out.
1: Can you imagine if Taylor did that? People would just be going crazy to have a USB that Taylor actually had in her hand and it was in her computer.
0: I would
3: fly around the country to track down one of those USBs.
0: <laughs> You've got to wonder the kinds of conversations Taylor and her friends probably have about bouncing creative ideas off of each other.
1: Yeah, that's true. I bet they talked about that.
0: Because even Lord for Greenlight. She pretty much did this only in New Zealand, but she had different like stations around town that had, they had things all with a green light incorporated in it. This was before she said the name of the song, and she also sent out clues for fans to go to these different stations and take photos and post them and try and figure out. So I feel like they definitely bounce these ideas off of each other. And another one of Taylor's friends who's been very busy this past week is Carly Kloss. She launched her Carly 4 Express collection, which she tweeted on March 31st. It's finally here. Shop Carly 4 Express, that's the number four, on express.com. And the clothes are really cute. I think she did a great job of putting things together that you can wear a lot of different ways and that, you know, obviously Carly is a runway model, but these are very sort of everyday fun and casual outfits and she talked a little about how this was a new experience for her designing instead of modeling the clothes and I think she did a great job
1: yeah I think so too I think a lot of the clothes are really unique and they just look like Carly
0: and she had a fashion show in her hometown of St. Louis which was live streamed and was pretty cool if you got to see any of that
1: I watched parts of it And it was just really cool how excited Carly was. She was more excited for the winners who were doing the fashion show than for herself.
0: And what I like about Carly is, and it's similar to Taylor, a lot of celebrities, you know, they'll put out different things like fragrances or greeting cards or clothes or whatever it is. But you never really get the sense that they're that involved. It's kind of just their name or their face on it. But you can tell how much Carly actually worked on this herself and actually for a change we are going to be going back to our fashion segment which as we mentioned earlier we haven't had in quite a while because taylor hasn't really been seen out very much but the acm awards are happening tonight and even though taylor is not there we wanted to take a look at her outfits from past years because she has actually attended 10 different times
3: it's unbelievable to think that she's been to 10 of these award shows
0: yeah, the last one was two years ago, which was when Andrea presented her with an award.
1: Yes. In 2015, 1989 had already been released and Taylor was about to start tour. And I just remember when she was presented the award, she said something that just stuck with me. She said that you really know a person's true character when you tell that person bad news that or news that they might not like. and. She said that everybody in country music has been so receptive to her going to pop music. So Taylor actually attended the ACM Awards consecutively until 2015. It's interesting to look at them all together because you can really see how she's grown and developed just in her fashion. So in 2006, it was, I think, Taylor's very first red carpet from what I remember, and She wore this great, typical Taylor sundress with her curly hair, cowboy boots, of course. And the dress was a, had spaghetti straps and it was flowy like a sundress. It was just Taylor debut album to the T. Perfect. And then in 2007, she wore a pink, sparkly, kind of prom gownish dress, which also was great for Taylor when she talks about her Previous fashion years, she often says that she went through a phase where she wanted to wear prom dresses because she didn't get to go to her own prom. But this was gorgeous, strapless and sparkly, with kind of a drop waist, a, a really long top portion of the dress. And it was sparkly and pinkish. And then in 2008, she also wore a strapless dress, and it was more flowy. It was white, but it had at the top really. Gorgeous gold embroidery detail. And it was just kind of a flowy dress, very pretty though. Then the next year in 2009, she wore a great red dress. It had one strap on her left shoulder and then her right shoulder was bare. And she wore great matching red lipstick. Then the next year in 2010, she wore this gorgeous purple dress which had white embroidered detail on it, and it also was a one strap kind of a dress. It looked like a one strap. That was what was cool about this dress. It actually was covering both of her shoulders, but on her right shoulder it was completely nude, so it looked like she was wearing a partially strapless dress, but it actually wasn't. You'd have to look at it to see it. You should look it up on Google, because I always thought it was a pretty cool thing, and The purple was just really pretty. The bottom was really flowy. And I love the detail of the white over the purple.
0: And then after that, her style definitely started to evolve a little bit more. In 2011, her hair was long with sort of the loose curls as opposed to the more ringlet curls. And she had a gold sort of form-fitting dress that was flowy towards the bottom with a lot of really pretty detail on it. 2012, I think, is a pretty memorable look because it's the first time she wore, I think, her hair down and straight like that with her bangs on a red carpet. And she had the long white dress with cutouts on the side. And then 2013, she wore sort of a silvery metallic gown and she had her hair back in a ponytail, which she started doing a lot around that time. 2014 I've always really really loved. This was this was actually a two piece outfit. Of course this was the crop top era. So it was a white crop top with cutouts on the shoulder and then a long black skirt with a slit up the side and her hair was short and kind of messy curls which I liked a lot. And finally 2015 the last year she attended it was absolutely gorgeous. She had this long pale blue dress with cutouts, and she also had her hair pulled back, and I thought this one just looked so perfect.
1: Yeah, these later years were really important, especially when you think about 2012, she would have cut her bangs around March, so the ACMs were probably the first time she had bangs on the red carpet, I would guess. And then with 2014, it was after Taylor completely cut her hair off in February, And that probably was the first time she had short hair on the red carpet. And she really introduced us to the crop top era at that point in time. I think when she stepped onto the red carpet that night, we all thought this is different. Something's happening.
3: I think when you say that, that's kind of why, for me at least, 2014, that that whole outfit, crop top outfit dress is my favorite. Just because it marks the beginning of the 1989 era in a sense, so, which I really loved. I loved, you know, everything that she wore during that era. I don't know, what do you guys think? What was your
0: favorite dress? I would agree that that one was my favorite.
1: For me, I love that one, but I think I maybe would go with the 2015 blue. I love Taylor in blue. And this was still 1989-ish because it had cutouts in it, but it was really elegant, and her hair looked so great. And that night was full of great moments for her because... Andrea presented the award to her. But I also did love the purple dress that I talked about earlier. It's just so classy and elegant. And I think it is neat how it looks like it's just one shoulder, but it actually has a nude overlay that you can't really see in photos.
0: Yeah, I think 2015 was a very close second of mine.
2: I also like 2015 and 2014 a lot, but I'm going to say my favorite... Was 2013. And I don't know if I have a specific reason why, but I just really like the color silver. I think the silver dress looks really good. And maybe it's because it is a different hairstyle that we don't often see that made her look a little bit different.
1: Yeah, I agree. She did often pull her hair back during that time, during the red era. And it's just, it reminds me of classic red. But all these other photos, if you want to feel nostalgic, go look at them because. Even just looking at Country Taylor from 2006, it's just, she's come so far.
0: And I hope that maybe sometime in the next couple years we see her back there again, whether to present or just attend.
1: Yeah, you never know. She did show up at the CMAs in November.
0: And finally, just a few quick news items for you guys this week.
3: So to kick us off, our first bit of news for the week, uh, Taylor's Vivo channel has reached 11... billion total views uh, which makes taylor now the second most viewed female artist on vivo
2: and we were talking about youtube earlier at the beginning of this episode i bet when taylor uploaded that very first video to youtube she never in her wildest dreams would have thought that she'd have 11 billion total video views
1: right just about nine years later our next piece of news is that Taylor is up for a Radio Disney Music Award for Best Collaboration for I Don't Want to Live Forever with Zane. And I have a good feeling about that. I think they could definitely win that award. But you can vote online and you can also tweet to help Taylor get more votes.
2: And our final piece of news for this week is that Six years ago, Taylor received a plaque for selling 20 million albums worldwide. And since then, she has more than doubled that. And her total album sales is now over 40 million.
0: It's amazing.
3: It is so crazy. That is crazy.
1: It is crazy. Although I feel like it should be higher. I don't know why. I feel like it should be 100 million or something, but she'll get there.
3: I know what you mean. You you hear these, you know, statistics about her Vivo views and things like that. But, but really, I mean, to sell 40 million albums is unbelievable.
1: It is. I guess I'm just thinking of other artists who have sometimes just one album sells 20 million. Like, I think Adele might have done that or something. I might be off on that.
3: Well, I feel like after album six comes out, that will easily break 100 million albums sold. Just saying.
1: True. Yeah. Although I think 1989 is more like around 10 million.
0: Well, I think it's important to remember that Taylor basically started her career at the time when people were not buying CDs anymore. So she's always had to fight against that. And considering that, she's always gotten to record-breaking numbers.
1: Yeah, and it will be interesting to see what happens with her next album, because she'll probably be working with Apple Music still and streaming it.
0: And streams end up counting in some form towards sales now, so.
1: It's true. They do. It's just confusing to me how they count it exactly.
2: And I think also in this day and age, people are very selective about what they buy. I mean, as Taylor fans, all of us, of course, are going to buy the entire album, album six, when it comes out. But for other artists, me personally, I often don't buy full albums. I'll just buy one or two songs in particular that I want to hear rather than the whole album. So that doesn't count as an album sale. It counts as a single sale, but not an album sale.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. The last album I bought was Divide. But before Divide, the last album I bought was 1989. So in the past practically three years, I've bought two albums.
3: Yeah, sadly, that's the same for me.
0: Yeah, honestly, I have... (laughs) I haven't even bought Divide yet. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've listened to it on Spotify and I have the whole album on there, but I keep thinking, oh, I should go to Target and get a copy, but I haven't yet.
3: I don't know. The music industry is just constantly evolving. I feel like whatever the record that's going to be next, whether it's single sales or streams or downloads or whatever it is, I still feel like Taylor's going to come out on top.
0: And she's smart to align herself with Apple Music, who's obviously a leader in that.
1: Yeah, although another exciting thing that I read earlier this week is that people were thinking that Taylor was going to be making her own streaming service. TMZ wrote this article and said that that was what she was going to be doing. It was quickly debunked. But along with all of that, news came out that Taylor's mobile game, which we've talked about on previous episodes, she's been working on developing this mobile game And it was initially supposed to be released in January of this year. So when we first started talking about it on the podcast, we thought, great, she's going to have an album in the fall of 2016. And then this mobile game will somehow go along with that. But news this past week just said that the mobile game has been delayed. It will be released at the end of this year. So now I'm thinking, Mm. okay, so... So that's interesting.
0: I just imagine Taylor just sitting in this computer lab 24-7. Computer lab. (laughs) Just working on this game day and night. I don't know. I just wonder what she does all day with her time lately.
1: Maybe that's what she's doing. I don't know. But you have to consider that this mobile game has to be in conjunction with something like new music. So I think it's very exciting news. Definitely positive.
0: Well, that's all we have for our news for this week. Now for our main discussion, as I mentioned earlier, we are very excited about the bracket that we did. And we actually got the idea because there was a Billboard article counting down what they considered to be some of the most underrated Taylor songs. And they had some great ones on there, but of course there's just so many to choose from, and we all always wish that every song could have a video and be a single. So we did this bracket that we set up on Twitter, where basically we started with four matchups, and each one had two songs from a particular album. So we did Debut, Fearless, Speak Now, and Red, and then we took those winners and we matched them up until we got to our number one pick. So we're going to recap those for you guys and then talk a little bit about some of our favorite underrated songs.
2: So the two songs from the debut album were Mary's Song versus Cold As You, and the results by you guys said that 67% voted Cold As You, whereas 33% voted for Mary's Song.
3: I would agree with that.
0: Cold As You, I think, edges out Mary's song for me.
2: Yep, I would agree with everyone there as well.
0: And I set up these choices, so I hope I did okay, because I had a hard time even picking the two to go against each other.
2: Oh yeah, I think we could all say that there are plenty of underrated songs, so absolutely, the choices were fine, though.
3: I did think that category would be closer, though. I mean, that's kind of a resounding lead that Cold As You had over Mary's song. I'm just, I'm a little surprised. Yeah, two-thirds
1: of the vote. Although I do think Cold Is You is a fan favorite. Remember when Taylor performed it during the Red Tour and everybody was kind of flipping out? That's
3: true.
0: It Probably reminded a lot of people that the song existed.
1: Right, and I'm sure some people on the tour didn't even know about the song and now they do. That's why she should keep performing these older songs. Has
3: Taylor ever performed Mary's song?
1: Not that I know of.
3: I don't think so. That is one that I definitely would love to hear live. I mean, any of these, really, but something that Taylor has never played live before. Wow.
1: And wasn't Mary's song inspired by her neighbors, I think?
3: I'm pretty sure, yeah. So our next little bracket was from the Fearless era. The two that were up were Breathe or Tell Me Why. And 67% of you said Breathe was your favorite song, over uh, 33% for Tell Me Why.
1: Wow, so those are the same numbers as for the debut album. Because cold as you got sixty seven percent, and here breathe got sixty seven percent. I'm kind of surprised. I think tell me why is a great song.
3: I would have voted for tell me why. I'm in the I'm in the minority here.
0: Yeah, I would have had a hard time even voting because they're both so great.
1: Breathe is cool because it has Colby Calais in it, and it was really I guess one of the first times Taylor worked with somebody who was pretty much her age, and they were very similar.
2: And that song was actually nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Pop Collaboration.
1: Well, I didn't know that that was nominated for a Grammy. That's a good fact to know. Well, then from the Speak Now album, we put Dear John against Long Live. And Dear John got 45% of the vote. Long Live got 55%. So this one was much closer. And I think it's tough. This is You know, I was thinking the other day about how much I would love to hear Dear John performed again, but I don't think it's ever going to happen.
0: I don't think so either.
1: I think the lyrics of it are incredible. It's just like a masterpiece. It reminds me of lyrically All Too Well or Clean. I'm just so impressed by the lyrics. But Long Live is obviously the fan anthem, really. How could you not love that song if you're a Taylor fan? And that's another one that we would love to hear live. Oftentimes, when Taylor would head to the B stage, you would hear fans chanting, long live, long live.
2: And I have to say, these two songs are probably my two favorite from the Speak Now live DVD.
1: The Dear John performance is incredible. It's so understated at the beginning, and then it just builds up.
0: The fireworks and Uh, the fireworks
3: so iconic just from the speak now show when you think about it for me i immediately just think dear john i'm shining like fireworks over your sad empty town
0: i definitely don't think it'll ever be a secret song i can't see her playing the whole thing but do you guys think it could ever be part of a mashup or something
1: i just feel like she's over that point in her life and doesn't want to revisit it
0: i think it's hard when the songs get really specific towards a particular person exactly yeah, you know how the media is, too.
1: Right, and even though that song was never a single, the media just ate that song up.
0: Even years later, there were still articles about it. <laughs> oh
3: my gosh, it's crazy. <laughs> she can't do anything.
1: So I understand why she wouldn't perform it again, but it is an amazing song.
3: As amazing as it is, I would still go with the majority here. Long live for me. Like you said, it's it's the fan anthem. Everybody wants to hear it, so...
0: Well, it's nice to know that she does pay attention, and I'm sure she knows that we want it, and I do think she'll play it eventually.
1: I think so, because she heard the fans chanting all too well. She has to hear them chanting long live. So I think she'll do it one day. I remember on the Red Tour for the final Nashville shows, everybody thought it would be a song on the B stage, but it wasn't. But I do think someday, and like Nate, I would also go with the majority here as much as I love dear john
0: and so our final poll we put starlight and sad beautiful tragic against each other from red and 46 percent voted for starlight and 54 percent voted for sad beautiful tragic
1: so that was pretty close too
2: it was and i have to say that i disagree i like starlight a lot better than sad beautiful tragic but that's my opinion
1: i would go with the majority here with sad beautiful tragic it is depressing, but it's also amazing. It has some really great lyrics. And if you're in the right mood for it, that song just is fantastic. For me, I have to be in the right mood because sometimes it just really depresses me and I just can't handle how depressing it is.
0: I agree because I remember feeling like I was not emotionally prepared when she pulled it out at the B stage in Nashville.
1: Right, on the very last night of Nashville during the red tour she did sad beautiful tragic and we all thought she was going to do long live
0: i
3: think because of that performance that's why for me sad beautiful tragic edges out starlight i loved seeing that live i mean just acoustically it's such a just such a pretty song just very you know like you said you do have to be kind of in the right mood for it but just wow what a great performance it was
1: i think the lyrics in that song are just really poignant and they really make you think but starlight is a song that was never performed, right? Or no, it was performed once when Taylor went to this ceremony for Ethel Kennedy. I think she that was the only time she performed it. She wore this like gold dress that was like a T-length dress. I think that's the only time she ever performed it. Does anybody else remember another time?
0: Not that I can think of.
1: I always thought that would be a great song for the tour.
0: So for round two, so we put the winners against each other. We had Breathe versus Long Live, which Long Live came in as the winner at 64%. Then we had Cold As You versus Sad Beautiful Tragic, which Cold As You came in at 56% as the winner.
1: I agree with both results. I think it is funny, though, that Cold As You and Sad Beautiful Tragic went against each other because... In a lot of ways, they remind me of each other. They're similar in a lot of ways.
0: And I think probably the reason why those ended up winning is people really connect to those songs that have the most emotional
1: lyrics. Exactly why we love All Too Well so much. So then for the final round, we put Cold As You against Long Live. And overwhelmingly, you selected Long Live. 77% for Long Live and 23% for Cold As You.
3: Yeah, no surprise there.
1: Wow, that
2: was the biggest margin.
3: Yeah. I think when you put a powerhouse like Long Live out there, it's just going to overwhelmingly blow everything out of the water.
0: I guess maybe it was a mistake calling Long Live underrated. Maybe it's not underrated at all.
3: <laughs> I suppose that's true. <laughs> I think the way we we're setting this up as if, you know, somebody outside of the Taylor fandom would be listening to one of these songs.
0: Right. I tried to pick songs that if you... Only listen to Taylor on the radio or like on award shows you never would have heard
1: of. So I think this makes clear that Taylor needs to perform Long Live. That's
0: a very good point. (laughs) I hope she sees this.
2: The fans have spoken. That is the most underrated song, so she has to perform it.
0: So here's a little clip of Long Live from Back on the Speak Now tour.
3: So how about you guys? Uh, What are maybe some of your favorite underrated Taylor songs? Uh, Let's start with the debut album. What would you guys have picked?
1: Can we pick all of them?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the debut album itself is just underrated.
1: For me, you also have to remember there was a deluxe edition, which included I'm Only Me When I'm With You, Invisible, A Perfectly Good Heart. But I think I would still go with Stay Beautiful. It's one of my favorites on the debut album.
0: That's what I was going to say.
1: Oh, really? (laughs)
0: It really is, though.
1: I would love to hear Stay Beautiful live. I know she's done it before, but I've never heard it myself. And another fan favorite is always Tied Together with a Smile. I think that really empowers fans. It has such a good message.
3: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Tied Together with a Smile. I think it just doesn't
1: get enough recognition out there.
2: And I'm going to go with A Place in This World. I've always just liked that song a lot.
1: Yeah, that's a great one, too. I think I'm Only Me When I'm With You is also underrated, but again, now I'm just naming all of them. (laughs) But I just think that song is so classically country.
0: I think it kind of goes without saying that on every album, the bonus tracks are extremely underrated and always great songs.
1: Right, they are, always.
0: Which is why I didn't even really put any of them in the poll, because I feel like it's sort of just across the board agreed that every bonus track should have been a single. (laughs) So what about from Fearless?
2: This one's pretty easy for me. Change.
0: Well, I was going to ask, because a couple people mentioned change on Twitter. Do you guys consider that underrated? I feel like it's somewhat known.
1: I think it's underrated. It might be known, but people don't appreciate it enough, I don't think.
0: Yeah, you're right.
1: I'm with Adam. That's my top choice. Although, since Adam already said it, I would also probably go with something like, You're not sorry.
0: You took mine again.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. Or The Way I Loved You. That song, I think, is amazing.
0: Yeah, agree
3: with both of those. Well, mine was Hey Steven. You guys didn't mention any- that at all.
1: I would love to mention that one, too, though. <laughs> it's just, if, if we're limited, you know, it's hard to pick.
0: Well, and then you had songs like Jump Then Fall, Untouchable.
1: Right, although Untouchable was...
0: A cover. Kind
1: of like a cover, right?
0: Yeah. And you had... Superstar, the other side of the door, come in with the rain.
1: Out of those, I would probably go with Superstar, I think.
0: I would be torn between Superstar and the other side of the door.
1: If Untouchable was allowed to be in there, even though it's not an original, I would go with that. I think her version of Untouchable is fantastic.
0: So moving on to Speak Now, it's such a hard choice. It's really, really hard. For me, it's easy. Really?
2: Easy for you?
1: What are you going with?
3: So I think, okay, I think overall of all of Taylor's songs from any album, I would say her most underrated song is Last Kiss.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. I
3: mean, you think of these songs like Long Live, All Too Well, you know, beautifully written, you know, deep lyrics, very sad, very, or, or at least very emotional, and Last Kiss totally encompasses that. I mean, six minutes of heaven, let's put it that way.
1: It's the second longest song on the album. Dear John is the longest. I was going to go with Last Kiss, too. I really wish we could hear that again. But I think it's kind of like Dear John. I just don't think she would ever go back to it.
2: And I just loved that performance on the Speak Now tour out on the B stage with her guitar. It was so good.
1: On
0: the rotating tree stage.
1: Although, don't you think that... Never Grow Up and Enchanted and maybe even Haunted are also pretty underrated.
0: I think Enchanted, because she incorporated it into the 1989 tour, I wouldn't consider it as underrated.
1: That's true, yeah.
0: Haunted, definitely.
1: Yeah, that's a great song. And the tour had a great performance. Never Grow Up, She's has she performed that maybe once?
0: Um, a couple times. A couple different tours. It's been a secret song. And it was in that commercial, remember?
1: Yes. the Wasn't it a Walmart commercial? I think so. And then if you go on the deluxe for Speak Now, then you have ours, If This Was a Movie, Superman. Ours was a single, so I would go with Superman easily. I think that's a great song. I love listening to that.
0: If This Was a Movie is so great, though.
1: If This Was a Movie, though... I have to admit, when I first heard it, I didn't understand what she was saying. I kept thinking she was talking about somebody named Eli. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Did anybody else have that?
3: I think that's one of the common misconceptions from the lyrics in her songs, isn't it? People think she's singing Eli.
1: Yeah, because it's the point where it says, come back to me like you would. And the way she says, come back to me like, it sounded like Eli to me. (laughs) But it is still a great song. Once I realized what she was saying, it all made sense. I don't
3: think I've listened to that song in years. I have to go back and re-listen to that song.
2: Yeah, me too. I'm the
1: same way. So how about for Red?
0: Well, the song that I would most love to hear her play, which I don't think she ever will, would be Come Back, Be Here.
1: Oh, you went right to the deluxe.
0: I mean, when I think of Red, that just always comes to mind first, because it's probably the bonus track that I go back and listen to the most. Of all the albums.
1: It is really underrated. And I would also
2: go straight to the deluxe version and say The Moment I Knew.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: A very sad song, which I don't think will be performed, but a fabulous song.
1: For me on the regular album, it's really, really tough. If I could only pick one, I probably would say Treacherous.
3: That was a really cool tour performance. You know, her in the ballerina outfit, kind of on the catwalk, the raised catwalk, rather you know, balancing along as she sang this song.
0: I would probably consider that up there. I might go with I Almost Do.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a great one.
0: And I consider that a little more underrated because I think she only played it once or twice.
1: I think so. Yeah. And I don't know if you could consider Holy Ground underrated since she did perform it during the 1989 tour. But I do think the lyrics are great.
3: I would totally pick Holy Ground if I could. I'm I'm not sure how like well known it is.
0: I think it's underrated. I think a lot of people probably don't know what it is.
3: I mean, she did perform it in Austin as well, but the song itself so like upbeat, uplifting. It's just a great song.
1: I feel like we're failing everybody cuz we're just picking everything, but
3: <laughs> I'm so sorry to our <laughs> listeners.
0: I mean, really, we could have started with a much bigger bracket and put like 100 different matchups.
1: We could have, right? Because there are just so many. That's why Taylor's good at what she does. And if I went into songs that were never on an album, for me, my top choice would be Sweeter Than the Fiction. That song has gotten me through some bad days. It's uplifting and positive, and I just love it. And I'm sad that she's never performed it.
3: Yeah, if we were totally picking those, uh, hands down for me, it would be safe and sound. I don't know if you guys agree or not. Or Eyes Open, either one of those. Both of them that she wrote for The Hunger Games.
2: Yes, I would go with Eyes Open, definitely.
0: I would agree, Eyes Open. And I guess I just didn't feel like including 1989 in this vote because it's so recent, and I feel like sometimes it takes a couple years till you really start to reflect back on some of the underrated songs. But the difference was, on 1989, all three of the bonus tracks were performed. Very true. But still, as a new album, a new tour comes out I think that there will be a lot of songs that I'll miss just off the bat right now I feel like all you have to do was stay is underrated
1: for me off the bat I think of I know places I feel like we may never see that again and I think it is amazing the lyrics the performance of it everything agreed and Taylor is clearly showing us that she does know places she can hide <laughs>
0: I think I've seen a version of that tweet from pretty much every media outlet. (laughs) (laughs) People are going crazy. They're making videos, being like, where is Taylor? (laughs) (laughs) You've got to think she's sitting at home with the cats laughing at all of this.
1: She has to be. Well, in case you all were wondering, Billboard is also missing Taylor, and it did an article on Taylor's 10 most underrated songs, and... Just in case you were wondering, they have 10, State of Grace, 9, Place in this World, 8, Eyes Open, which we just talked about, 7, Ronin, which we didn't talk about, it wasn't a single, but yes, it's underrated, 6, You're Not Sorry, 5, Hey Steven, 4, Enchanted, 3, Better Than Revenge, 2, Mary's Song, and number 1 was Dear John.
0: It's a pretty solid list. I like their choices.
1: Yeah, I do too. I'm not sure how they picked them. They didn't say.
3: You know, in talking about all of these, as soon as we're done recording this episode, I'm going to go binge all of Taylor's old albums just to listen to all of these songs again.
1: Yeah, I want to go try to look at some old performances too.
0: Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this discussion. I had so much fun looking back at all of these songs.
1: Right, it's just that since she's been in this for so long, sometimes... You don't really forget, but there just are so many songs to listen to that sometimes things fall off your radar.
0: And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe to us on iTunes. If you hit the subscribe button, it downloads our latest episode for you automatically every week. And if you wouldn't mind just leaving us a quick review and a five star rating on iTunes, that's always appreciated. And that helps other people find our show. And our contact methods, you can contact us with any feedback or ideas or anything you want to talk about. We're on Twitter at SwiftCast13, SwiftCast13.tumblr.com, Instagram.com slash SwiftCast13, Facebook.com SwiftCast13. You can email us at SwiftCast13show at gmail.com. And finally, all of this is on our website at SwiftCast13.com. So I don't know about you guys, but... I really hope we see Taylor soon because every week it makes me sad knowing that any predictions we could make about what she's going to do probably won't happen.
3: I mean, granted, we never got them right anyway, but (laughs) (laughs) usually, usually, you know, it is spring now. I don't know. Maybe she'll come out of winter hiding and, you know, officially step into a little bit of spotlight,
0: at least be seen somewhere.
3: I hope so.
2: Yeah. Maybe she just waited for warmer weather. She didn't want to go out in the cold.
0: And especially because with the changing of seasons, we always sort of look forward to seeing her new outfits and new style.
1: That's a really good point, especially with the spring. In 2014, some of her spring outfits when she was getting ready for 1989 were the best.
0: They really were. I see some of those throwback photos going around Twitter, and I just miss those days because you could always pretty much know exactly when to get online in the morning and there would be the daily photos.
1: Yeah, that's true. It was usually around the same time.
0: It was like a fashion show in the streets of New York every day.
1: Well, we'll see. Hopefully someday she'll give us some style tips and we'll get a glimpse of what the next era will be like.
0: As always, thank you so much for listening. And for episode 194, this has been Ashley. Nate.
1: Steph. And Adam.
0: And we'll see you next week.
1: Thanks, guys. See ya.
0: Bye, guys. Later.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at
0: theswiftcast.com. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.